Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Shame. <laughs> What's that and from? Shame. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. Shame. <laughs> oh, it's it's um, Modern Family. That's what it is. Oh, I figured it was just from my childhood. No. <laughs> Did that just give you like tremors? <laughs> A little bit. I'm getting ready to write my own graphic novel now. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour. Um, this is your weekly podcast with lyrics and libations. Ooh, it sounds so sensual. <laughs> that turned into a Carmen Gia impression there. <laughs> it was beautiful. What, Thank you very much. What are you drinking today, Jimmy? Um, today, I'm drinking, it's a Spanish drink, it's called... Agua mineral. Ooh. <laughs> I am also drinking a Spanish drink. It's called Java. <laughs> I don't I know think if it's that's nice. Java. I don't know if that's actually right. <laughs> <laughs> Java. I think it's the. Well, that sounds. Sli- that, isn't that one of the extra um, sisters in Fiddler on the Roof? Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think she was named after coffee. Um, uh, I think so. I think. <laughs> you know, listeners, correct me on that correct, one. If correct I'm wrong. us if we're wrong, but isn't, uh, isn't Tevia's sixth daughter named a- after coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week, we had a quiz question. The source material for this musical was quite controversial, and talks of censorship made it into the American political discourse. In Ah. one censorship hearing, a politician criticized the censorship attempt, saying, are we going to start attacking ABC for scandal? I mean, where does this stop? Crazy. that sassy politician. It is quite crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What um, when they use TV references. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what what is that source material? That is Fun Home. Great. The things you learn. The things you learn. We are not uh, just a musical theater podcast. We are also a politics podcast in yeah, brief, exactly. shining, glimmering moments. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> before we get into why it's just so evil and the worst, <laughs> um, should we give a brief summary about sure. what it is? Yeah. Uh, Fun Home premiered on Broadway in, oh, what, 2004? Well, on Broadway, I think it was 14. On Broadway in 2014, 14-15 season, and off Broadway mm-hmm. in 2013. It's based on a graphic novel by lesbian cartoonist Alison Bechtel. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about her interesting relationship with her family and her father. It is. It is. I think that's a lovely, succinct <laughs> way of putting it. Um but it was very, very important at its time, wasn't it? Because yeah. well, I say at its time as if it's that was still like 20 now, years ago. Right, exactly. It's still very much yeah. uh, important. Um, but because it looks a lot at um, issues that hadn't really ever been talked about on yeah. a, a Broadway musical stage before, yeah. and particularly the issue of lesbianism. Exactly. So uh, in in the show, Allison is a... is bifurcated i guess trifurcated into three different characters yes uh big allison medium allison and little allison and we kind of see little flashes of her life as she is remembering them while creating the graphic novel fun home that the musical (laughs) is based on um and she she's sorting through her own coming out as a lesbian and her father's interesting journey through life as a closeted queer person and yep. perhaps resulting suicide mm. and it's that makes it sound maybe a little darker than this musical is yeah <laughs> but there is there's a lot of i mean i mean there are some funnies in there it's called <laughs> fun home after all uh but i think it, it, at its heart it is just it's a it's a beautiful story absolutely um, of kind of accepting yourself and your family mm-hmm. um 
and there's some yeah they tackle some really really good themes in there um and i think that's one of the ones that i find most interesting Mm -hmm. is this idea of like you never really know your family you never really know what their life is Mm -hmm. um and so you almost have that epiphany moment where you kind of see them as a person yeah um and that's it comes into play particularly with uh allison and her mother Mm -hmm. uh for when she tells uh, her mother, when she comes out to her mother as lesbian, mm-hmm. her mother actually makes this admission to Alison that, well, actually your dad has been sleeping with high school guys yeah. uh, for most of most of our life, yeah. which is obviously a huge shock to Alison. Yeah. Um, and I, that's the kind of moment where she realizes that her parents are just people. Yeah. You know I mean, they've got their own lives. Yeah. And it's, it's something I just find really, really interesting is just as a topic because it's something everyone has to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, that moment where your parents stop being. They become people. Just parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really, hmm. There's something special about it. It's really the, the exploration of familial relationships in both this musical and this book are. They seem very new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's, you know, it is a, there, it's a legitimate seeming kind of dysfunctionality for the, the Bechdel family. Because you mm-hmm. see all of these dysfunctional families, quote unquote, dysfunctional representations of familial life on television and stuff like that. And there's, they never seem like people you know. They seem like ridiculous caricatures of like, that's not, you know, you might see glimmers of your own insecurities or, you know, you, the actual relationship of your family members, but it, it is always mm-hmm. heightened to an extent where it seems very separate. Whereas like, I believe I could, you know, these could be my neighbors in Fun Home. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think that's the thing is like, at the end of the video, the source material is literally Alison Bechdel's life. Yeah. Um, it's, it's based on her memoirs. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's fascinating. Like I think there are so many elements of it that I find really mm-hmm. fascinating that they did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly just the the kind of contrast between her and her dad. Yeah. Um, so obviously the fact they're both queer, mm-hmm. but what what it is 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 the almost their struggle with their own identities and their gender identities. Yeah. So obviously, if you've got you know a potentially gay bisexual man. Um, and a, a lesbian woman mm-hmm. who are literally they're sitting at opposite ends of of yeah. the spectrum there, um, and how they kind of uh, present that. And there's a really good quote from the the graphic novel that I'd love to I'd love to read for you if, <laughs> if you if you would. Um, and she says, so not only were we inverts, we were inversions of each other. Uh, while I was trying to compensate for something unmanly in him, he was attempting to ex- express something feminine through me. It was a war of cross purposes and so doomed to perpetual escalation. Um, and escalate, it does. How, uh, how beautifully put. So beautifully put. Like, And I think, yeah, we should make a point here that if you haven't read... The graphic yeah. novel. Yeah. Go get it right now. Absolutely. <laughs> neither neither Jimmy nor I had read the novel before preparing for this podcast. Yeah. And even like if you like this musical, you'll absolutely like the novel. Even if you don't like this musical, grab the graphic novel. If you're looking for a way into graphic novels or oh. not, it's very accessible. Yeah. It's it's a quick read. I read it in like forty minutes, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's it's one of those that it, if you're if you are new to graphic novels, it, it does read like a normal novel there's captions mm-hmm. to every picture um that are, are effectively written in prose um yeah. so it's, it's not it doesn't feel weird there's yeah. just some lovely illustrations that go alongside absolutely um, and alongside this amazing story and uh, and i would say while while they certainly have the same core of a storyline and and you know they come from the same place there are parts of the novel that i'm happy i know about now that are not that yeah. didn't make it through to the musical. I mean, yeah. just uh, all of Allison's literary references throughout oh the whole gosh. thing. Uh-huh. It alludes to everything from, you know, Greek myths like Icarus to like the Adams Family comic books, like yep. all all sorts Great of Gatsby. Yeah. Proust like she's she's a smart gal it's she's Alice, really smart <laughs> and, and let's it, she lets you be smart with her too it's not like uh-huh. they're these obscure sideways references that you can't get 
yeah exactly every time she kind of brings one up she explains she kind of analyzes it for you she's like this is how this relates to my family um and you need not understand it further but what it's also great is it's like but go and find out (laughs) i think you feel compelled to to actually read more yeah because yeah she she literally takes passages from other books and things and quotes like this is the part that relates to my life um, and like if she'll take passages from books that not only relate to her life but that she is reading in the context of the story yeah, or that her exactly. dad's reading i mean one of the things that th- reading the graphic novel very much put me in the mindset of that i hadn't bef- a mindset i hadn't been in before mm-hmm. when listening to this musical is allison's uh, big allison's journey to find her own truth there's a yeah. couple sideways lines about it in the musical. Like uh, at the very beginning, she says something like, I need real things because I don't trust memory. And I think mm-hmm. that shines even brighter in the graphic novel. But that, yeah. you know, just the times when she has to rewrite her own captions or consider how to weave this non-linear constructed story together. Exactly. About like finding and almost creating her own truth which is you know as yeah. i would say freshman year of college deep yeah exactly well i think like because that what i think that stems from that line is the fact that um for all of her all of the pictures in the the graphic novel mm-hmm. she took actual polaroids of herself and, yeah. and drew from that reference yeah um because you want she wants that innate truth to it all and yeah. i love that that is is literally mirrored between the text and the graphic part of journey yeah. that it's yeah. not just one or the other it's it's a proper harmony yeah um and it really comes across like it really does it's I, like, it, i'm no i'm no art critic but the drawings are fantastic yeah they're the, absolutely amazing the whole thing is brilliant craftsmanship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and i one critic put it it's it's all just so very generous like this is it's such yeah. a, a deep you know you're talking about your family's skeletons in the closet and your own insecurities about them completely and putting that you know into a very public forum yeah and i I was thinking that today like it must feel it must feel so rewarding for alison bechdel yeah to be able to have someone have two women who are unrelated to her in any Mm -hmm. way who are able to kind of interpret her life and present it for her in a different way i can only i can only imagine what that there's like there's a brilliant i'll put a link to it in the show notes um alice real alison bechdel not the ones in the play represented in the musical um uh, did a comic representation of her journey going to see fun home Uh, for the first time and it's wonderful she talks about how like she gave full creative control over to um the creators Mm -hmm. and like going to see it on stage it's just it's a she talks about it being a weird and interesting and wonderful experience yeah and like very honest to the thing she created but also seemingly very separate even though it's three representations of her life on stage happening yeah, at the same exactly, time. Exactly. Cause it is, it's almost like a tertiary um, source because obviously you've got Alison Bechdel's life. Then you've right. got Alison Bechdel's life in a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Cronin Tesori's interpretation of the graphic novel. About it. I mean, exactly. Um, so I can understand where that kind of detachment comes from, yeah. um, but it must just be so, I don't know, just fascinating to watch someone else interpret your yeah. life. Cause it's one thing and to, you know, if you write a show and, another director takes it on board you know what i mean and interprets mm-hmm. it that way but it's actually your life like yeah that is you it's <laughs> you it's you there. on stage it's um, your yeah it's very yeah and real. It is, it's amazing i was surprised actually at how little alison bechdel was involved yeah i don't even think she was like an exec producer i think she literally no. just handed it off yeah um which is in- incredible it's like, so it's so generous it's so yeah wonderfully generous yeah exactly what's true dig deep into who and what and why and when until now gives way to Caption. 
My dad and I were exactly alike. I see everything. Caption, my dad and I were nothing alike. I'm Superman. My dad and my dad and I. Um, should we talk a little bit about the story and how it's put together? Yeah, that's absolutely. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, well, what? How would you see it? it's it's constructed? What so would be this, you know, this uh, both the graphic novel and the musical. I think the mu it's more interesting in the musical frankly but i both mm. both of them are presented non-linearly and that is why there are the three allisons so instead of starting at the beginning and ending at the end you see the bits and pieces when they're important to weaving mm. this story um and so you flash between small allison medium allison big allison and sometimes they have duets with each other which is fabulous yeah. um and it lets you you know there there is no it makes it a story about a journey instead of about a destination. Like you mm -hmm. learn in the first song of the show, Allison is going to be a lesbian. She's going to struggle coming out to her family and her dad is going to come out kind of and commit suicide. Like, yeah, exactly. Boom. Song one and two done. No big, yeah. no revelation, nothing to worry about there. And so it's not about where you got, but how you get there. Yeah, completely. Um, and I think what that does is it then puts all the numbers like the kind of introspective numbers mm -hmm. in a different it's almost like a, a Brechtian light where you're you are looking at it from a, a, an analytical point of view yeah. as opposed to you're just feeling the emotion for the first time um so for example at, at like edges of the world at the end mm -hmm. of the show um which is the song where uh, Michael Service is kind of move, uh, musing on his life mm -hmm. uh, and then gets hit by a truck. Um, you're, you know he's going to get hit by a truck. You know right. that. You're not You're not like, oh my God, is he going to, like, what is this song about? Is he going to die? It's not like Javert's suicide or something like that. It's yeah. literally just this man reflecting his life. And it means that you really tap into the lyrics a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's not like that moment when you're in a book and you're waiting to see what happens and you barely read a word. You just right. get to the moment. Yeah. Um, for this, you don't. You take that time with him, mm -hmm. um, and you really get to listen. It's the same for Days and Days as well. Oh, um, in fact, all song. of the all of the, yeah. the solo songs. I think that's yeah. something that is, they've done really, really well. Is that each of the characters, um, and that includes all of the Allisons, yeah. have their own solo song mm -hmm. um, or partial solo song uh, that they get to explain the important part of their life. Yep. Um, which is so great. What a great. It's so beautiful. And they're so, they're so honest seeming. Mm. I mean, Ring of Keys, if you hadn't seen the Tony Awards performance, what are you doing with your life? Someone Go watch it right now. Someone just came in the door Like no one I ever saw before I feel... I feel... I don't know where you came from I wish I did. I feel so dumb. I feel your swagger and your bearing and just right clothes you're wearing, your short hair and your dungarees and your lace-up boots and your keys, oh, your ring of keys. Young Allison's like first realization of you know her own sexual orientation her own yeah. like that you know there are butch women out there and she wants that somehow in her life yeah exactly and it's the you know so many lyrics everyone i think we'd have to blame sondheim for this but the like <laughs> striving for the really really thought out complete sentences rhymes at the end of the line yeah kind of stuff um ring of keys little allison barely finishes a sentence like 16 times in a row and there's something so beautiful and honest about that and Completely. it is still wonderfully filled with emotion and you know exactly how she's feeling i think it just evokes some sort of attachment yeah oh completely because i think we've all like each of us has experienced a first crush yeah and that moment is it's is it's so innocent it's not overplayed mm. it's purely just her trying to understand what what is this i'm feeling like yeah. why am i resonating so much for this yeah. woman in a pair of jeans like yeah um it's it's really really well well done and like all of my hats every single hat that i own <laughs> 
that gets thrown <laughs> off my head for Sydney Lucas because mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite moments that's ever happened in like history. She uh, kicked butt. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like that Tony performance, we'll link the hell out of it yeah. in the show notes. We'll put like twelve links just so <laughs> you don't miss it. But um, it 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 really like it just it, it it changed my life, but in a way that I was just like. I'm so glad this is going to change a lot of other people's lives. Yeah. Like, um, th- up until that moment, mm-hmm. there'd literally be no musical theatre representation mm-hmm. of a lesbian girl on national television. Absolutely. Like, and that is ridiculous. And, um, and certainly no representation of a lesbian girl that young. Completely. You know, completely. The, the pop culture reference for lesbian coming out, at least in America, is Ellen. And yeah. that's, that's not when kids realize their sexual orientation you know it's we've we've lived in a pop culture media world that has set up this expectation that you're supposed to figure out your sexual orientation in your 20s maybe yeah exactly maybe after your first marriage exactly and like (laughs) not that you not that you can't figure it out then but so so many people struggle with these things so much earlier in life and they're until fun home was mm-hmm. little, if any, representation of that anywhere. Exactly, because you look, you look to these things. You look to media um, when you're young, especially now, especially in this day and age where yeah. you live on media, yeah. um, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that person yeah. that feels the same way as you. Because yeah. um, I don't know about you, but like for when I was younger, there was none of that. Like I had, yeah. I had lots of like really camp, mm-hmm. really like flamboyant yep. stereotypes. To you look were at. you were either a you were either a Will or you were a Jack from Will yeah, and exactly, Grace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That was um, about it. <laughs> there was no happy medium. No. Um, and I I don't know. I find that really really tricky because it would mean that you know all your friends who'd be watching the same thing had this preconceived notion of well that's what a gay person is. Right. Um, and you're sitting there thinking like, yeah, but I'm not like that. Yeah. So maybe I'm not, maybe I shouldn't be. Or you yeah. don't want, you know, I mean, you don't want to be. Yeah. Because they're ridiculous. And you're like, well, I, I can't be bothered spending it. Like, it'd be exhausting to be Jack for the rest of yeah. your life. Oh my God, <laughs> you can you imagine? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so like, you want those great icons to look up to yeah. and i can't think of a more tasteful yeah. and mm-hmm. realistic presentation yeah. of a queer character at that age in the world other than sydney lucas singing rainbow keys at the 20s <laughs> like, uh, i mean that's one of i think that is one of the things that made that moment so moving is you're watching this young girl nine or ten sing yep. a song about recognizing some spark of something in exactly. this fictional delivery person that she sees in this coffee shop. Meanwhile, in all of our minds, you imagine real nine-year-old almost lesbian sitting at home watching the television, having the exact same thoughts, seeing exactly. Sydney Lucas on television, thinking, I understand that, I know that, and being uh, equally unable to articulate it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's something that, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, certainly, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I can't, put myself in in that mind of mm-hmm. a, a young lesbian girl wanting to present themselves more as a you know like um what's that some bit like what did she call it she called it like um she was like classic something butch do you know what i mean an old school butch old school butch exactly and i just think that's so good um, but it's something that i yeah i i i, I, don't, I don't, never wanted to be old school yeah <laughs> but i've been trying to get the, away from that and i mean i think at least for me i don't want to speak for you on this but mm. one of the things i've struggled with in ta- you know figuring out the notes for this musical and going through it is that you know we we are or at least i am a gay man and this I'm also is, a gay man. And this is a story about <laughs> lesbians. And yeah. while we have our solidarity in, you know, our our quilt bag of acronyms and and names, mm-hmm. there's something different to those experiences. Yeah, definitely. And which I I hadn't really realized yeah. until this musical yeah. came along. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I was just like, yeah, we're all gay. Yeah, um, in our, but in there's our, so much more to it in our homo chauvinistic kind of way. And exactly, uh, we can't get away from being men. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that's you know, there's a lot of language difficulties around the whole queer tapestry of people. Um, uh-huh. In the in you know, I just did those um, musical theater so gay videos, um, uh-huh. and one of the books I read uh, called Something for the Boys, which is 
an interesting book. I recommend it, um, but mm-hmm. I disagree with it in a bunch of places. But one of the things the author talks about is ever since Ellen came out as gay on television as opposed to coming out as a lesbian on television, there's been some, you know, inaccuracy, not inaccuracy, but like ambiguity around mm-hmm. language surrounding these things. You know, can a homosexual woman call herself gay? Absolutely. She can also call herself lesbian, but a homosexual man isn't going to call himself a lesbian and suddenly our language is muddled. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, language is important, but it it's... Especially when, you know, you're trying to separate these different experiences, which is also just kind of core to this show, too. The difference between Allison's experience and her father's experience. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like for for us as as gay men, we we know where the differences lie. Yeah. But for people who can't get on our level at Mm -hmm. all as LGBT individuals, they, they almost they need those separations. Yeah. And distinctions and bookmarks, which I think does it throws in a lot of yeah. of difficulty. Um, so it is. It's a really interesting point that. Joan, 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 Joan. Hi, Joan. Don't wake up, Joan. Oh my God, last night. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Last night, I got so excited. I was too enthusiastic. Thank you for not laughing. Well, you laughed a little bit at one point when I was touching you and said I might lose consciousness, which you said was adorable. And I just have to trust that you don't think I'm an idiot or some kind of an animal. I never lost control due to overwhelming lust, but I must say that I'm changing my major to Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan with a minor in kissing Joan. So Tommy. <laughs> so Jimmy. <laughs> tell me all about this controversy nonsense that you talked about. So why was this source material so damn bad? <laughs> it's the, so Fun Home is has made it to the has has the right honorable um, dis- distinction of being on numerous banned books list. If you're ever looking for a, a, a good set of reads, start at a banned books list. Um, <laughs> and in um, right uh, tw- 2000, maybe 12, 13, um, South Carolina had planned for some of its colleges to use this book as a freshman reading material, which is a great choice. This is a great piece I, I mean, of literature. Yeah. I can't think of better modern queer literature like, than it's, this. E- an easy read, tons to talk about, tons to relate to, and also some discussion of issues that conservative politicians don't like. And exactly. so the South Carolina... Uh, legislator threatened to pull funding from two colleges, I believe, if they were going to use this book. And it stirred a great uproar. The The cast yeah. of the then off-Broadway musical uh, came to one of the colleges to do a benefit concert, um, which they all talk very lovingly of. Like, I, you know, I think we had a little bit of the Streisand effect and even more people <laughs> heard about this musical and this book because of the attempts to ban it. And, you know, yeah, that's exactly. how it always happens. Um and in, in the end, in the end, so the story goes, uh, they, so it was like they wanted to take away a certain amount of money that was the exact amount of money that this program in the college would get funded. Like, you know, it wasn't a, an explicit thing, but it was definitely uh-huh. a, a silent middle finger to the college. Um, yeah. As a, as a compromise, in the end, the legislature uh, repurposed those funds to be spent on literature about the Constitution. Which, oh, that's so nice of them. It's it's really it's ironic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like, it's you know freedom to read whatever you want is written in the Constitution. <laughs> literally, oh god, yeah. honestly, legislators sometimes. I know, I know. What are they but on? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh, Fun wow. home banned in a bunch of in a bunch of educational institutions. All the more reason to read it exactly exactly and yeah i wonder i wonder if it is on like the syllabus for a lot of things because to I be honest so. over here yeah it's not that big really yeah i i mean beyond the musical i'd never heard of i didn't you know without researching i wouldn't have known it was a graphic novel yeah um 
there was only one copy when I went to buy it. Because <laughs> huh. wow, um, it is it is huge. It is on top of a bunch of bestseller lists. Yeah, in America, very popular. Yeah. Um, it was on the. It never quite made any of the classes I was in in college. Um, right. Okay. I think it was just becoming popular when it would have been on some of the 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 lists, mm. but it certainly is now. Yeah, because I think it's quite interesting because it's not like it's not a, an American story. It's you know not what particularly I mean? American. Like, all these now. issues are something only things American. Like the, I yeah. just talked briefly about Stonewall, but yeah, that's it's very brief. Yeah. Um and you know we kind of mirrored each other in terms of in term- certainly in terms of the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Um, and kind of gay liberation. Yeah. We were walking the same line. So I, I don't I don't know why it's not I wonder I wonder if I mean the gay rights has been a hot button issue for maybe the past decade and finally it's transitioning to, you know, now we're talking about trans rights and a bunch of other topics. Yeah. But this was this got popular around all the gay marriage debates and right, okay. all the things like that. I wonder if that gave it a big bump in yeah, definitely. the States. I don't know. That's yeah. an interesting thought. If you if you out there are a statistical analyzer <laughs> of um, book sales and trends, let us know. <laughs> Please let. I'm sure there's at least three listening. Probably that listen to our podcast. We- exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it might be used in like universities or something like that, in like yeah, queer literature studies or something. But certainly in terms of like a populist book, yeah, no, nah. not so much, huh? No. Nah. Not at all. That's really classic Britain, though. Classic us just being yeah. like, oh, no, we don't need to speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. No. There, there are no, naked no, people no. in this book. Yes, no, there's a picture of a vagina. I can't <laughs> be showing that to my class. Oh, my God. <laughs> a British accent saying the word vagina is something I didn't vagina. think I was going to find as funny as I did. <laughs> very good. It's very good. Um, and that's how literally everyone speaks. In, yeah. in the uk i don't know because i know you've never been to the uk i've so. never been to i've never um, heard a british person before yeah so that's when you get here that's everyone's just going to be rocking around like vagina vagina <laughs> it's so know, uh, everyone's um, wearing top hats and monocles this is how i imagine it eating crumpets drinking tea and just saying vagina over yeah. and over again exactly what a, what a fun life we lead yeah. over here it's, it's like when you great. go when you go to america and everyone's on horseback uh you know drinking a 62 ounce coca-cola yeah and shooting guns everywhere bang exactly. bang bang bang, bang. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. yeah yeah and what, what do you say over and over again uh also <laughs> vagina actually <laughs> vagina vagina it's kind of georgian i quite like that <laughs> Uh, vagina. Yeah, okay. Why not? He wants the real feather duster used on the bookcase. Find all the books we've read and carefully restore. He wants them alphabetized by classification. A volume out of place could start a third world war. That's an inch out of position. Watch it as a first edition. What are we missing? What have we left out? When he comes down here, what's in store? He wants, he wants, he wants. Welcome to our house on Maple Welcome Avenue. to our house on Maple See how we polish and we On that point, mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is really kind of interesting slash unique to this show, certainly something in my experiences, is actually like the how it was marketed. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, um, the show isn't marketed as what the producers called it, uh, the lesbian suicide musical, um, because <laughs> who would who would call it that? Uh, who would go to see that? Um, but it's actually, it's marketed as this beautiful universal family story of self-identification, reflection, and ultimately hope. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no mention of LGBT no. there. No. Nope. There's no mention of suicide because of LGBT issues. Yeah. Um, it's literally just feels like, oh, I can feel that. Yeah, I've got a family. Yeah. I'd love to feel hopeful. Um, and that's how all of the marketing is on any publicity you'll see. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, 
it's very light and happy in yeah. that way yeah um even down to like the coloration mm-hmm. and the images that they use like on the main one i think it's like in the o of home i think there's just like a little picture of like little allison and her dad like mm-hmm. looking quirky um and it feels like something like the adams family because i yeah. remember when i first came across this show that was what i thought was going to be like a fun comedy i mean it's called fun home yeah so <laughs> yeah like <clears throat> you you know that's what you expect you expect to have some fun um and then suddenly you're thrown into this world and you're like hang on what's happening <laughs> like who's dying now like uh and it, it takes you by surprise but you're, you're hooked yeah and you believe it because of how great it is how great the source material is mm-hmm. um and there's this really really interesting thing that uh i think it was the u.s ambassador to the u.n Ooh. uh miss samantha power uh-huh um great name as well by the way sam power i love it good name yeah um so she took uh 17 of her fellow ambassadors to the Mm -hmm. un to see fun home um and that is including people like russia or namibia where it's illegal to be gay or to Mm -hmm. come out as gay um and basically they didn't know anything about the show going into it i'm sure they probably wouldn't have gotten Mm -hmm. if they knew it was anything to do with lgbt issues um and apparently later, um, Samantha was interviewed and she was like, they were just blown away with it. Um, and her quote, I'll do another quote, um, basically said, sometimes when you come uh, at your fellow ambassadors frontally on the importance of LGBT rights, they can end up in a defensive posture. But if you bring them into a show where mm. you watch a young girl grappling with her first crush and seeing life played out forward, rather than as a matter of politics or ideology, it can be easier to create more of a sense of empathy and community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, fun home. Yeah. Because if that's the thing, if, if, like, if they can change, literally change the minds of politicians. Yeah. Oh my grief. That's like, that's like we, we, we call shows important all the time, but yeah. I think in a very literal sense, it makes this show important. Completely. Like, and I, I don't doubt that it's changed people's viewpoints. I mean, literally, we've already oh, said absolutely. here that it changed, you know, changed yeah. our viewpoints on. Yeah, but you know, you know it peeled back, what peeled like. back the curtain to a, a, a queer experience we didn't know about. But that I, is the you know, so often queer representation in the media is is so focused on the queer aspect, you yeah. know, in something like a chorus line. Or something like you know the producers, all the stereotypical kind of stuff. Even even mm. the ones that are progressive, even the ones that paint them in a positive light, often yeah. paint them in a tragic light because of yeah, you know, like I'm... something like Lacage, which was yeah. you know revolutionary for a time, but it's still it's not necessarily the happiest couple. But... No, <laughs> it's it's like it's drenched in shame and you know and like certainly they come out the other end like i yeah. am what i am but it is it is a that that kind of story of triumph has been the at least the gay representation in a lot of media now and this isn't i mean it's a story of a different kind of triumph mm-hmm. but it it's not triumph over queer issues it's yeah just the triumph of a queer person which Completely. is real yeah Totally. And I think, like, because obviously there is there's shame in Fun Home, mm-hmm. completely reflected in Bruce. Yeah. Um, but what I love is that it's, you see Alison on the other side of it yeah. being like, no, I've gotten through this and I've been great with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I love I love that. I love that you're able to see this hopeful, yeah. uh, without, you know, I'm using inverted commas here, but yeah. normal life. Yeah. Um, that that she's allowed to live and yeah. is able to live um well, in spite of her father and even i mean like allison says a lot of things about her father and certainly demonstrates that she feels a lot of ways about her father but i don't mm. think once does she ever feel ashamed about her father yeah not at all which is and like even beyond you know like on the list of things to be ashamed about beyond just being gay but having relationships with underage kids and like uh, you know kind kind of yeah 
like there, it's he's probably done, high up there. It's, it's kind of high up on my he, list. He, he did some dirty <laughs> stuff. He, yeah. you know, he did abandoned some... his children to go cruising in New York. You yep, know? like there, there are kinda things bad. there to be ashamed about, and mm. that. But that's the easy route, you know. Yeah, she she is exploring, I think, deeper feelings and more nuanced opinions of her upbringing. Completely, and I think it's so important. I mean, it's it's weird speaking about it because it is just her life. Yeah. So it's not character creation. It's not right. Like it's really. Smart it's like characters. you you <laughs> you can't be like, why didn't you do it this way? Well, exactly. that's not how it happened. That happened. But I think what is really crucial to it all is the fact that it is her father. You know, mm-hmm. you have that kind of like uh, unspoken unquestioning respect for mm-hmm. your parents in some yeah. way no matter how awful they are because yeah. like her dad was abusive he was violent mm-hmm. um you know he it's... wasn't a good father no, he's in many neglectful respects. yeah yeah um but in, you know at no point did she ever like she never like i hate him or anything yeah. like that it's just we didn't understand each other and she sees it from such a mature point of view yeah like alison bechtel's a good gal like, yeah. <laughs> yeah um and it, yeah it's just presented in this really interesting way yeah and that's really you know as much as you can't say like well why didn't you tell it this way because that's not how it happened she does and then uh uh krona tesori very intentionally do mess with the timeline as a way of telling their story if you can't mess with the content you can you can you still have so much control over how Mm -hmm. you craft this story and what story you're trying to tell yeah, and when things are presented. Yeah. And you're able to paint the characters in that light. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is that your wife playing the piano? Don't worry about her. La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la. Let's talk about the ladies. They're themselves. fabulous human beings. Yes. Thank you, Corona Tesori, Lisa Crone and Jean Tesori mm-hmm. for, for making this. The um, important important in the musical theater world. Yep, this is a ding 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 moment here. This is the first author first entirely female authorship team to win a Tony Award. And what year is it? <laughs> so what after after seventy Tony Awards? Yep awful yeah well and so certainly i think you know author director authorship representation creative representation across gender lines is a difficult Mm -hmm. thing to pin down in history there is no very specific why has there been no female authorship team other than institutional and prolonged chauvinism in completely all corners of the world completely and utterly um and i think that what it did is it had this extra knock-on effect of you know young women just being like well again it's that idea of icons and looking to people like yeah there's there's no one for them to be like god i really i have this voice that i you know i want to say because there's no lack of female songwriters right do you mean there's lots of them um but writing for the theater it's like it's just a male world like it's it's yeah. awful there's yeah. <laughs> everywhere you look yeah. everyone's a bloody man yeah um, and it's and, and i would i would wager that's not even you know is everyone a bloody man or are people just producing male authored plays yeah well exactly exactly everyone you're seeing is right. a man yeah um which is, is so wrong so i'm so glad yeah um that that we're able to see them win. oh no wait we weren't able to see them win why weren't we able to see them win? Because they were a commercial break. <laughs> a commercial break. We were busy learning about cars or something. Or some yeah, new prescription exactly. drug. Yeah, I was so glad I read more about, I don't know, Vicodin. Is that a drug? Uh, the, the history of Tony Award producing is sorted and filled with 
awful, awful scuffs like this one, not like airing this, one. this historic, historic Tony Award. Completely. Like if, you saw literally 20 seconds of yeah. uh, Janine Tesori saying a few words. But what we will do for you now, alongside Sydney Lucas, we'll post an equal 12 show notes of <laughs> this speech. Because everyone needs to Because so, yeah. it's just, besides anything, it's just really inspirational. It's like, just great. Yeah. Of course it's great. They wrote this thing. Of course they're exactly. going to be inspirational. And exactly. I think that's, you know, in the same way we talked about, like, the lesbian experience is not the gay experience. And so there are, there are things we don't know about it. Mm-hmm. This, w- and some certainly tinged by some stereotypes of gender expression but Mm -hmm. this wouldn't be the same show if it was written by guys it just wouldn't god yeah i I mean i can't i literally can't imagine what it would be like yeah other than probably quite poor yeah i bet you (laughs) all done as well and all about bruce yeah and all about (laughs) bruce yeah um i can't i can't work out what it would be like at all yeah yeah, so thank goodness that it was done the way it was done. I think the origin story of it was that Lisa Crone mm-hmm. um, had read Fun Home mm-hmm. and went to Janine Tesori being like, this would be a great musical. Now, she'd never, Lisa Crone had never written a musical before. She, mm, she's this done the first plenty one. of plays, um, but this is her first ever musical, which actually blows my mind because yeah. not only did she just write the book, she wrote the lyrics as well. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like someone's first time at lyric writing. No, it sounds stunning. At all. Um, absolutely amazing. Like, please yeah. write more musicals, Lisa. Please. please. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it, it just came from that. And like we said, like Alison Bechdel barely had anything to do with it. And they were able to conjure this amazing story, mm-hmm. uh, the pair of them. So I'm, I'm so, I'm very pleased that they won because... Yeah so deserved because they deserved it well and there you know the the rumor always was that hamilton was holding off their broadway transfer until (laughs) the tonys for fun home very specifically so that fun home could take the awards that hamilton would have taken away from it yeah um which who knows how true that was but Uh uh-huh hamilton would have been we i don't know if we would be talking about fun home had uh, hamilton yeah maybe not maybe not with this much urgency yeah very true which is quite sad to think isn't it yeah that's something i always think about quite a lot is the luck Mm. of the draw when it comes to Tony seasons well the luck of the draw when it comes to musicals 90 percent of stage broadway musicals fail 90 percent yeah that's and in you're running up against insane odds if you're trying to stage a a broadway musical don't let this deter you you should absolutely do it yeah but make, make loads um you know put put your put your mind in that headspace yeah and that's it doesn't even if you win the best tony it doesn't i mean who remembers the gentleman's guide to love and murder i saw it on tour recently it was great yeah right okay who in the uk remembers (laughs) and by (laughs) it was great i say it was okay yeah exactly but just just because you win the tony award for best musical doesn't guarantee you a legacy but if god if there was ever going to be a musical that should have a legacy Exactly. On, all all home. of that to say Fun Home is a very special and important and deserves all of the success it has gotten and more. Completely. Completely. Brava. Thomas, that was fun home. That was fun home. 
Are you uh, Thomas, by the way? Legally, yes. Yeah, in the same way I'm legally James. You're legally James? Yeah, I know, right? James. Who'd be legally Jimmy? Come on. Right. I don't know if this is a bad idea, but my middle name is James. <gasps> my middle name is Thomas. What? It's separated it's not, at to birth. Be honest, to be honest, it could be my granddad was called Thomas. So that would be Separated at birth. My granddad was called Thomas. Oh my God, we have the same granddad. <laughs> Probably. That seems likely. Literally the same. <laughs> um, no, I, when I was younger, I actually... Uh, give myself a name of thompson i don't have a, i don't have a middle name sorry um oh. and so i called thompson because it was the name of my dentist and i used to tell people <laughs> yeah my parents my parents named it after my dentist i was a weird i was one of those weird kids oh, that lied we should get to this quiz question <laughs> yes we should okay so our quiz question for next week for the next musical we're going to talk about yep okay so this musical was revived okay and this revival was so good that it caused an audience member to strip completely naked because they loved it that much. What? What? Scandalous. Uh, and it wasn't scandalous, just to let you know. <laughs> Does that this... wasn't Tommy giving it away. Does this mean people saw her vagina? <laughs> vagina. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> they saw it. Um, um... If yeah. you liked so, this episode, or if you didn't like this episode, you should review us on iTunes. <laughs> it helps us out a whole lot. It very much does. It pl- it, it really does. We ain't just saying that. Um, Truth. And if you'd like to get in touch with us to speak about anything, anything. specific, or just to critique our accents, respectively, <laughs> um, my on Twitter, <coughs> excuse me, on Twitter, I am Jimmy at Asen Hendrix, um, and the same on YouTube. Uh, well. And I'm at Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Yes, indeed, with the British spelling of theater, which I really appreciate. That's true. Well, because there's that. so this is this is the thing, and people will argue with me about this. This is a distinguish. This is a distinction that American English has that British English does not. At mm. least as far as I was taught in American English, theater R E is the art form or the concept, ah. and theater E R is the building. Oh well, there you go, I and it lets know. you tell them apart. But it does make it difficult sometimes in my URLs to know <laughs> which one. You're yeah, supposed exactly, to type. exactly. Um, and if you want to speak to us as a collective, mm-hmm. then you can and tweet us at Jim and Tomic or get in touch on our website, which is also jimandtomic.com. And there'll be a link on the website to a Reddit discussion where you can also talk about this. So many options to talk to us. Literally, Jimmy. we're so available. So available. It's crazy. So um, available. Swipe right on Jim and Tomic. Exactly. Uh, and because we're right? so nice, uh, swipe yeah to make to accept us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, swipe right to us, please. Uh, and if you do like us, please tell your mates, your pals, yep. your pals, your buddies, your buddies. Um, all about us because we want to share the love. We want to speak to them. Yeah, we want them to swipe right on us too. Damn right. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) What's your do a do a British goodbye? Chip chip cheerio. (laughs) Top top. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, y'all. Vagina. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.